Our text for today comes from the 16th chapter of the Gospel of Mark, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Medical science says I should be traumatized. I had a traumatic experience twice. I should be banging my head against the wall, but God said no. I'm standing here in the strength of the Lord, not strength of my own. God has got me. Those are the words of Sandy Brown. She is a 60-year-old woman, a real estate agent, and she lives in Grand Blanc, Michigan. Sandy was the subject of a story in the Detroit News on Friday, this past Friday, that has gone viral. It is a traumatic experience that more and more of us know all too well. It is about dealing with the law, dealing with someone that has COVID-19. But her traumatic experience seems to be just overboard for, for anyone. Because in the space of three days, Sandy lost both her husband and her only child to COVID-19. Now, there have been a lot of stories about COVID-19. You can read them. I've read several in the New York Times. Um, because I'm from Michigan, I've been taking an interest because it has become such a hot spot. But there are always all of these gripping stories. But personally, this one is particularly sad. Sandy describes her husband, Freddie, and he says that he was an old style kind of guy. He was someone that always held the door open for her and treated her like a queen. And she remembered that he was a good dresser, so much so that all of the local pastors in the Flint area asked him for fashion advice. And then there was their son, Freddie, age 20, 
He was their miracle child. Sandy had had two miscarriages and had given up on having a child. And at age 40, became pregnant. And that's when she learned she was pregnant with Freddie III. And Freddie III played football at Grand Blanc High School and went to a community college in Flint. His ultimate dream was to become a walk-on at Michigan State, hopefully within the year. And now, that's not going to happen. The thing that was even harder to understand about this was because of the times that we live in, because of the times of living in a pandemic, Sandy could not have the usual funeral. She could not have a huge amount of people, family and friends at the church. There were only a few people that could attend. Most of everyone else had to watch it on Facebook. The graveside service for the two men was held in the church parking lot and everyone wore masks, again, because they could not take too many chances. There is a picture of Sandy as she stands alone, masked, at the graveside. The graveside of both her husband and her son. And she is waving to families and friends who are all farther away in their cars. They can't get out of those cars because again, the coronavirus means that people had to keep their distance. As sad as the story this is, there was also something about hope here. She was heartbroken in ways that I can't imagine. But in the midst of all this sadness, she seemed to have a sense of hope. She knew that God was with her, that God got her, was always there. And that it was only God that allowed her the strength to walk through this terrible time. Today is Easter Sunday. And it is supposed to be a day of celebration, a day when we remember Christ's resurrection from the dead. It is supposed to be a time of incredible joy. It is a time when families come together, when we have meals together, when we, after worship, sometimes go and have an Easter egg hunt. Everyone is wearing their finest. But none of that is happening this year. This year is not joyful. How can we feel a sense of joy about God's triumph over sickness and death when right now there is so much sickness and death? How in the world can we say that Christ is risen when according to the New York Times, as of today, 20,000 people in the U.S. alone, have died due to COVID-19. And how can we feel the joy in their hearts when we know right now that there are millions of people without work? And if you go in different parts of the country, you will see this online of people in their cars 
miles and miles and miles back waiting to get food from food shelves because right now they can't pay for their groceries. It feels right now that Easter should be canceled, but this is not the year to celebrate Easter because it's a mockery. There's too much death. Sandy is lost, both our entire family, and that is not that's the case with other people all around the world. What good is it to celebrate someone who supposedly cheated death when death is all around us? The Gospel of Mark is probably one of the oddest of all the Gospels. It is bad enough because it doesn't have a birth story. It just kind of goes into the adult Christ. And frankly, it doesn't show us the risen Christ. What we see is that the woman, women come to the tomb and they find the stone is rolled away. And then there is this angel that appears and tells them that Jesus was raised from the dead and is no longer in the tomb. And then, this is the weird part, they run away in sheer terror. And that is how it ends. Now, some writers later on were so bothered by that ending that they wanted, they added more verses to it. But most scholars believe that this ending, where the women run away in fear, is where the gospel ends. And we don't know why in the world did the writer of Mark stop where they did. It focuses on an empty tomb, but we don't see there isn't Jesus. And why did the women run away in terror? What in the world is Mark trying to say? Now, the second question is more easier to answer than the first. Coming to an empty tomb and seeing some person that you've never seen before tell you that the dear friend that you saw die two days earlier is actually now alive, that would make you want to flee in fear. We forget at times that sometimes the actions of God do not necessarily inspire people. They freak people out. The resurrection in our day and age, a lot of people sometimes even doubt of a physical resurrection. But back then, if you were talking about this, that would be something that in some ways would inspire fear because it was real. The first question, though, is why did God why did the writer stop at an empty tomb? And I think that that's important because an empty tomb is telling us something. Not that the risen Christ isn't important, but the empty tomb says that death doesn't have any power anymore. The reason the empty tomb matters is because it shows the power of God. 
it is God that raised Jesus from the dead. And God raising Jesus from the dead was the answer to what Jesus cried out from the cross on Good Friday. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Easter Sunday is the answer. God did not forsake his son. Jesus was not ultimately abandoned. And neither are we. The importance of an empty tomb is a reminder that Jesus wasn't some spirit like Hasper the Friendly Ghost floating around, but of flesh and bone. Resurrection is about bringing bodies back to life. The resurrection of Jesus is but a foretaste of what all of us who are Christians will experience. We can't escape death. We cannot escape pain. But we know that what we see from Christ in his resurrection is that while death is scary, while death is painful, it is not the end. Death has been defeated, but it just doesn't know that it's been defeated. There's also something about the Gospel of Mark in that it really wants the readers to finish the story. I don't doubt that the writer did not believe in a risen Christ. I believe that the writer did. But I wonder if that writer was trying to tell us that maybe right now we have to believe, truly believe, even in a time when everything is telling us that this can't be true, that it is. That it is up to us to believe in what has happened. We celebrate this Easter, celebrating an empty tomb in an empty church and in a city, cities that feel empty. It feels like death is all around us, but we know, we believe that Christ is truly risen. Christ is not simply a spirit. Christ is not simply this good realization that the disciples came about after Jesus' death. Christ is risen. But to understand that rising from the dead, we have to understand Good Friday. We have to understand the pain and the suffering. Good Friday talks about the world that we live in. And we can't forget that. But Easter Sunday tells us about what is to come and what we have hope in. The risen Christ is one that tells us that death will not keep us down. We have to have that same faith. That faith is the one, the faith that was exhibited by Sandy Brown. 
Right now, there is pain. Right now, there is uncertainty. Right now, there is fear. It is important for us to remind ourselves that Jesus did not escape pain and death. And the fact is, neither will we. Right now, we may feel forsaken by God. But God tells us forcefully, and especially through the empty tomb, that this is not the end of the story. The power of sin and death has been defeated. This Easter is a memorable one. It is different. It is bittersweet. But remember this. The resurrection has changed everything. It has given us and reminds us that there is life, even in the face of death. This is the hope that we need. This is the hope we put our faith in. Christ is risen, dear friends. Christ is risen, indeed. Alleluia. And amen.